Welcome, Preds fans. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about it. Today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free Nashville Predators podcast. That's available to you wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. Today is December 23rd, or... For those of you steeped in Seinfeld lore, it is Festivus. Happy Festivus, Anne. It Thank is you. the great holiday celebrated by Frank Costanza and family. We got the airing of grievances. Mm-hmm. We got the feats of strength. We have our official aluminum Festivus polls. So we are ready to have a Nashville Predators Festivus celebration and i think we're we're gung-ho about this one (laughs) it's festivus a holiday for the rest of us we have we have waited all year we have stored up our grievances and now it's our day it's our time and it's gonna get real friends it's gonna get real on the lockdown predators podcast today yeah let's just just let's go and say today's show is sponsored by the human fund money for people So, I mean, I feel like most of our podcasts are airing grievances, but hey, let's do it all in one place, shall yes. we? So, the tradition of Festivus fares or begins with the airing of grievances. I'm trying to get it so this just stays in frame. Are we just going to have to like hold it like an Olympic baton? This entire it's like we're the statue I'm, of I'm going to do it if you are. I'm in. Yeah, it's going to look very good when we do our PSAs here in a little bit. But. <laughs> Uh, the tradition of Festivus air- begins with the airing of grievances. So we're going to begin with some of our airing of grievances mm-hmm. about the Nashville Predators. Maybe some of the fan reaction towards some stuff. Maybe just some stuff around the team. Anne, mm-hmm. would you like to be the Frank Costanza and start us off with the airing of grievances? Oh my goodness. I will. I will start us off with this. Um, I'm going to start with a very obvious one, you know, and then I'm, I'm going to get even more particular as we go on. But let's start with an obvious one. I have a problem with the power play. I have a problem with the power play. Now, I understand that the Predators in the last couple games have scored some power play goals. I appreciate Two in a row, that. baby. Two, Two in, in a row, row baby. But what in the world, why are you jacking with us? Last season, the Nashville Predators finished sixth in the entire league, sixth in the entire league with a 24.42% power play success rate. It felt good. It felt good. We have mostly the same uh, personnel on the power play. And this season, we're at 15.09%. That's like lower than my body fat 
what are we doing on the power play? Now, I, again, want to celebrate because we are Hoctimists. I know we're doing this whole Festivus thing, but we are Hoctimists. Did get two in a row in the last two games, but the Predators went 0 for 21, 22. It was, a, it was a, in the 20s. It I, was I, think it, in... I think it wound up being 0 for 21 stretch. Yes, without a power play goal. When you send somebody to the sin bin to repent of what they've done, make it cost them. Because right now, like who is more disappointed when there is a penalty committed against the Predators? Like, is it the opponent like, oh shoot, now they're on the man advantage? Or is it the Nashville Predators? Oh crap, we're better at five on five. Now we have to score. You You don't want to make... It's just, it's, it's the kid who brings home the A first semester and then comes home with a C minus the second semester. We know y'all can do it. We know yeah. y'all can do it. Can I lump in my airing of grievance with your airing of grievance? Of course. Because I'm also going to lump in the penalty kill on mm. this. There's been good games, there's been bad games, but the Nashville Predators are 20th in penalty kill. And that was also an area in which they were pretty good last year. Yeah. Now here's the reason I bring it up, Anne, because special teams really are special. Good special teams (laughs) units can cover up a lot of team Mm -hmm. shortcomings. Yeah. Uh, If you're able to go out and score, you know, a goal on one, maybe two of your man advantages in a game, and you're able to keep another team's high-profile penalty-killing unit off the board or power play unit off the board, that's the difference between a, that's like a two-goal swing during a game. And in some cases, that's the difference between a win or a loss. Yes. And I know there's a lot of people that's like, well, you can't rely on special teams. But for a team like the Predators who are just trying to get something going, that can swing you back into contention for this season. And, you know, even like, you know, the Chicago game, like even when you have rough stretches, even when, you know, things are going good, if you're able to go out there and kill off like a big penalty, Mm -hmm. or if you're able to go out there and score when you have the man advantage, that's not just, you know, a change on the scoreboard. That's a momentum changer. Huge. And so I want the Predators to be able to capitalize on some of these power play chances I'm getting. And I want to see them keep them off the board because what we're seeing is that the Predators, you know, they're they're struggling during games, but then they'll have like a big power play chance. And imagine how that would change outlook of some of these games they played if they went out there and scored and, you know, broke a tie or tied the game back up. Now all of a sudden you're on level ground and you can do some different things with the momentum. Or... Like, let's say a team is just pushing and pushing and pushing and all of a sudden they have, you know, a five on three or a double minor and you kill that off in front of your home crowd. Mm-hmm. That is going to spark up your crowd. So I want the special teams and to be special again. Yes. That is my airing of grievance. Yes. We have a problem with that. And I agree with what you said. I think the key word in special teams is momentum. It's not just the two minutes and what you do with the two minutes. It's what happens in the three, four, five minutes after those two minutes end. Because it's a penalty is not just changing two minutes of the game. You're changing the next five minutes of the game. So what are you going to do with it? Do something yeah. good. It does need to be something good. Do All something right. good. 
What's another grievance you have, Anne? Okay, this one is difficult for me because it's directed at a player and it's a player that I love. Mm-hmm. You know, so and and I I mean no ill will, you know, I feel like as a Hoctimist, this Festivus is really challenging me. But I am going to say that I have a problem with Philip Forsberg not scoring. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand statistics people, I understand he overperformed last season. You don't need to unfurl the charts and graphs. Yeah. I understand that. But he's generating chances. He's just like hitting the post. He has only two goals in December, one versus the Islanders way back December 2nd. He had one versus Winnipeg middle of the month. Nashville has to have these top guys scoring. I'm not asking Philip Forsberg to get 42 goals this season, but I'm saying like a 25 goals would feel amazing. Yeah. You know, and right now he's at nine goals, 16 assists. And again, Philip Forsberg is generating chances. I almost want to just draw like a little treasure map to the center of the net for him and just slide it in his locker. You know, he's just, he's all around it. He's all around the net. He's all around scoring these goals. He's just not finishing. So for me, you know, Philip Forsberg, I love you. Um, I, I do. I love you. But I'm just going to need you to find the back of the net. Yeah. It, it's, you know, I get it. Like, you know, you look at, I think, Philip Fortberg had like an 18 shooting percentage last year. And Matt Duchesne mm-hmm. also had like a 19 or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's easy to look at that and it's like, wow, well, that's way above their average. But you also don't expect going to be way below their average either. And that's what yeah. I think like the biggest frustrating thing is. You know, we, you and I talked about it this offseason. It's okay to have some regression. Like, we kind of thought that was happening. Mm-hmm. And we thought maybe the Predators now had enough depth to kind of offset that and still, you know, contribute some scoring. That may have been lost, uh, yeah. you know, if a Predator can't condemn his record-setting season. We just weren't expecting this much. Yeah. And that's, that's the question for Philip Forsberg is, what do you, like, is it just – you know, finishing, was he getting puck luck last year? Was he picking his shots better? Uh, Cause you know, I'm looking at the numbers and it's not like he's shooting like any less. He's still taking mm-hmm. the same shots. Is it just like circumstance? Is it quality of those shots? Like, like it's, it, it's something that we have to break down. Yeah. It's a grievance. It is a grievance. It's a grievance. Uh, more, more grievances coming up, uh, including and, a grievance towards us. Mm-hmm. I have grievances with us, with you and me, and you know okay. some other people in the Preds universe. Uh, but I do want to take a break for a second and uh, talk about this message from one of our uh, sponsors today, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. Do you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think you're sly, you think you maybe have a few uh, pieces of gum in your center console and you think you can fool law enforcement officers, they can tell. Not only can they tell, but your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell. For those of you about to uh, spark one up as you go home for the holidays, everyone around you, can tell when you use marijuana. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? 
Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Everybody, stay safe this holiday season. From me and Ann, stay safe. All right, Ann, more airing of grievances to celebrate this special Festivus celebration here on Locked on Predators. We have our Festivus polls ready to go. And my next grievance is you and I. Okay. You know why? No. Boy, did we whiff on Kevin Lankinen. Oh, we did. We did. I have to say, because to, to back it up a little bit, Connor Ingram was our goalie uh, in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Was really good. Everybody loves Connor Ingram. We love Connor Ingram. Love, love him. One of our favorite love. people. Looked like he did enough to kind of be like, all right, Connor Ingram may be, uh, you know, in contention for having a roster spot. We think he's going to be the backup. Maybe a good chance to learn behind UC Soros. And the Predators went out and signed Kevin Lincoln in, who had some bad stats with the Chicago Blackhawks last year to be their backup goalie on a $1.5 million deal, which is a lot for a backup goalie, especially when Connor Ingram was making kind of half of that, pretty much half of that, maybe a little bit more. But so we thought it was a pretty dumb move. Mm-hmm. You know, we thought this was just David Riddick reincarnate. <laughs> he is not David Riddick reincarnate. Kevin Lincoln has been a difference maker for the yes. national Predators. Not just a good goalie, but a difference maker. He's got a 925 save percentage in his eight games played this year. And one of the NHL leaders in goals saved above expected per game. So not only is he, because, you know, we talk about backup goalies and mm-hmm. basically your job is to go out there and not really screw anything else. Just be good enough that yes. maybe if you have a good team in front of you, you can go out and take a few wins. Kevin Lincoln is doing that, but he is doing it beyond that. He is actually going out there and stealing some chances to win for the Nashville Predators. He is taking games the Predators should be getting shellacked in, and he is making it so the Predators have a chance to win some of those. And boy, you know what? We thought this was one of the dumbest signings of the offseason. As of right now, based on the moves David Poyle made this summer, in contention for maybe one of the best moves he made. Yeah, I, I, I think I may remember myself saying either on the podcast or in my mind, why don't you just take a million and a half dollars and flush it down the toilet? My bad, Kevin Lankin, and that is my bad. And what a difference from last season's backup goaltender, who also, to be clear, loved David Riddick as a person. But the difference in having your backup play last season versus this season, there's not a game that Kevin Lankinen would be put in where I would go, oh, really? Because he's just playing so well. So yeah, I yeah, I have a problem with us on that. I do have a problem with us on that. Yeah, yeah, we should. Uh, that was our we bad. Should take a, should take an L on that one, Ann. Yeah, that was our bad. Our that bad. was our bad. Yeah. 
All right. So I'm throwing back since, you know, I'm taking the whole year because, you know, for 12 months, we've been storing up grievances for this one day. So I'm throwing way back on my next grievance. And I have a real problem. I mean, I, I have a huge problem, like a problem that sometimes, if I really think about it, would keep me up at night with the one writer who completely left Roman freaking Yossi <laughs> off of his Norris ballot in freaking Tyrely. Just say his name, Scott Powers. I don't even, I don't even say it. I'm like Fonzie apologizing to try to say that man's name. I get it. Kale McCarr this, Kale McCarr that. I get it. Am I going to squawk about Kale McCarr winning the Norris? I am not. So Colorado Avalanche fans, if you happen to listen, simmer down. Okay. All defensemen should be good at defense. Can we just start there? All defensemen should be good at defense. But how do you completely ignore a guy who, by the way, is terrific at defense and also just as a side hustle, like racks up the most points in franchise history. You have a defenseman doing something that hasn't been done in years in the league. Yeah. And you just are like, no, tell me you don't watch NHL games without telling me you don't watch NHL games. I, I can't remember who he had on his ballot in particular that made me really mad. Because it's like, oh, well, I thought these players were just better two-way. And there's one in there that was like, not that. Not that. I, I can't remember who it was that he had ranked higher. But there's one in particular. list. Look, like, we said this multiple times on our show. If Kale McCarr wins the Norris, mm-hmm. that's fine. Get it. Like, definitely, like, deservedly. Like, he definitely deserved yeah. the Norris. Like not not gonna we we think it should have been uh, Roman Yossi, but it's not like an undeserving player. Right, won it. we sleep at night. Okay, we sleep at night. Okay, but I think when you're just kind of making up your own criteria and leaving a record-setting person just for the sake of it, we kind of mentioned this on yesterday's show when we were talking about Roman Yossi breaking the Preds' point track. If he was on any other team other than Nashville. Like if he was on the New York Rangers, if he was on the Toronto Maple Leafs, come on. He would have unanimously won. Like yeah. unanimously won. Yep. Because everybody would have looked at it and it's like, "Oh, he's one of the biggest reasons that the Leafs were good this year." Mhm. He was one of the biggest reasons the Preds were good last year, but just didn't kind of get that same like, you know, thing. And I think for me, it's just everybody has a different take on the Norris. And it just seems like it's just like every year. I mean, like it's like sometimes it's like, oh, well, you know, who's the best, you know, defensive defenseman or who's like the best two way guy. And then the next year it'd be like, well, this person just scored a bunch of points. Like we have to give it to him or, you know, this is just like the good defenseman on a on the best defensive team. And it changes every year. It's like the whole MVP debate, Anne, because it's like, does MVP go towards, you know, the person who is the best player in the league? Or does it go to the guy who is like, you know, the best player on like a overperforming team or something like that? Or like a person who's like, you know, you took him out of the lineup, that team's not half as good. 
Because if it was also the best player in the league, Connor McDavid's winning that like seven years in a row. Like he's getting Gretzky things at this point, but it's always gone to something else. Like it's always gone to somebody else. Like last year it went to Austin Matthews who had 60 goals. That's great. Yeah. But it's like, it's like, it feels like the criteria changes every year just based on who's that on top. Yeah. Come on NHL. Like stop with the awards ambiguity and take away that guy's right. Like voting power. Let us kick his ass. Let us do that. I mean, we do have the strength. strength (laughs) We could take it. I got uh, one more. I got a grievance Uh that goes to some of the people around the Predators fan base. I have a grievance with the people who won't stop talking about Cole Smith. I have a grievance with the Cole Smith discourse. We have said this over and over and over again. When if like the Predators can lose eight to nothing, mm-hmm. and like it, it, like UC Soros could just like fall apart in net, mm-hmm. they're going to have a play where Philip Forsberg punches Roman Yossi in the mouth, picks up the puck, and swan dives into his own net. Mm-hmm. And the conversation for the game will be Cole Smith is a waste of space. Cole Gosh. Smith should be on the ice. Cole Smith is you know. People like Cole Smith are the reason we're losing games. Cole Smith is not the reason you're either losing or winning games. Cole right. Smith is Cole Smith. And for the record, I like Cole Smith. I do too. Cole Smith is a guy that if the Predators were in a better place this year, people would look at Cole Smith and it's like, you know what? I really like the way he plays. Yeah. Good depth piece. It's, yeah. You know, Cole Smith isn't like underperforming like by 10 percentage points where he was last year's shooting percentage. Cole Smith isn't a guy who is going out there and having three goals one year after a 24 game season. There are so many other players that you blame before Cole Smith. I get it. Maybe you think some other people on the roster should be getting more playing time other than Cole Smith. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to discourse or you know discount what Cole Smith does bring. Like he does have some good energy. Yes, he does. I think he, I think he is like pretty defensively responsible. And you look at his stats, and uh, Alex Doherty from A to Z Sports actually had a pretty good article about this. His stats are pretty good. Yeah, not goal scoring. Goal scoring needs work, but like a lot of like the possession metrics and stuff, and some things like you know getting the puck out of the zone and you know zone entries and stuff like that. He's a pretty good player. Like yeah. he's a pretty little nifty guy to have on your team if you need like some good uh, defensive stops or, you know, you just need somebody to be out there and play responsible hockey for nine minutes. But it just seems like every time, anytime Cole Smith's name gets brought up, he is like the pariah. Yes. Of Nashville Predators hockey, he is the scapegoat. Well, it gets to the point where not even a you know a coach can't even say a good thing about him, or a writer can't say a good thing about him without just the entire fan base's head imploding people shut up about Cole Smith. Just shut up about Cole Smith. I don't want to hear any more Cole Smith discourse. He is not the reason the predators are ever going to win or lose a game. Yes. Please leave him alone. Yeah. Let him have his festivus moment. That's right. Now I have one more little nitpicky one that I'm going to share. And then I think it's, 
about time for us to move into feats of strength, which, you know, it's feats of strength time. So we're going to dive into feats of strength in just one second. First, want to thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked on Sports Today. Locked on Sports Today is going to have your biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. They're going to have instant reaction, game recaps, and Locked on's take of the day. So when you are done with Festivus, go check out Locked on Sports Today. It is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I have just one more nitpicky thing, and then it's time to talk feats of strength. And I just want to say I'm very disappointed in the team store at Bridgestone Arena because I had my heart set, heart set, my friends, on a reverse retro jersey, one of two players. I either wanted Mark Borvietsky, choice number one, or my Swedish brethren, Matthias Ekholm. Mm-hmm. They had one of each in a size that would fit the entire Kimmel family. So I just want to say more Mark Borowiecki reverse retro jerseys and more Matias Ekholm jerseys. There are more than four players on the Nashville Predators and we all have our favorites. So that one really, that one's bothered me for a while. So I just had to get it out. When did you go shopping for that jersey? Right after they came out, right around like Thanksgiving ish. Okay, and they don't. I was gonna say like if it was like I was gonna say if it was like the last game you went to, which I think was like last weekend. Mm-hmm. No, I, I went right like, away. Oh, no, no, that's kind of on you for waiting. No, that long I went right away. Okay, I, mean, I spent so much time narrowing down who do I want, who do I want, who do I, want? and clearly I landed on Mark Borbietsky. Yeah, and. Okay. One jersey, eight people could fit in it. It was like a Borvietsky tent. So a little disappointed. But speaking of Mark Borvietsky camp out. I could. I could. I love Mark Borvietsky. But we're on Festivus, airing of grievances. Yes. So but let's move on to feats of strength. Speaking of Mark Borvietsky. Feats of strength, my friends. So I've come up with a little thing I like to call who would win? Yeah. And so I want to throw this out there and let's debate who would win in feats of strength. Let's start with Mark Borowiecki. Let's just start at the top. Mm-hmm. Mark Borowiecki versus Tanner Janot. Are we Tanner talking Janot has like... a four pound weight advantage, allegedly. I mean, my driver's license also allegedly says yeah. a weight. So, you know, yeah. grain of salt that one. At one point, you know, sure, sure, it's true for all of us. That's true. So are we talking hockey fight or are we talking about like if they like, like just, you know, somebody said something about die hard at a Christmas party and they started just like rubbling and tumbling around? I would say let's do that one because isn't Festivus, didn't George have to wrestle his father? Yes. So let's do like, you know. That's a tough Pure one. Festivus wrestle. Because the thing, oh, mm. Mark Borowiecki, I would not want to mess with Mark Borowiecki at mm. all. The man scares no. me, but I feel <laughs> like you got to go Tanner Janot on this one, right? Do you? Because he's, he's got like that MMA kind of thing where it's like, 
he's got like that MMA sort of vibe about him where it's like, he may not be like the biggest, but he's like a CrossFit freak and he's just so mm. built. And it looks like he can just like karate kick. Like, you know, like the, like the scene in Barry where it's like, he's trying to take out the, uh, the jujitsu champion. And he just does like all these like wild roundhouse kicks and, then his daughter comes home and is doing like this matrix backflipping and everything like that. <laughs> like that yeah. to me is like the, like that's, that's to me like what is, what I get the vibe from Tanner Janot. Plus it's just like when he ever, when he fights, like he'll go against some of the best fighters in the NHL and like look pretty good. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, Mark Borvietsky looks like the the guy that will just like try to body slam you or like have that one big punch. But Tanner Janot is like that MMA fighter. Hmm. Interesting. This is a I think this is a great matchup because I think, like you said, Tanner Janot is that freakishly strong. Like um, where I grew up, we had a great wrestling team. They were freakishly strong because they were farmers and they did haying in the summer. Like yeah. Tanner Janot has hayed. You know what I'm saying? Like he's freakishly deceptively strong, but I'm going to give the edge to Mark Borvietsky because okay. he actually trains in MMA. So I, I think Mark Borvietsky, my dream like day with an athlete would be hanging out with Mark Borvietsky, like practicing MMA. I mean, you know, obviously he's going to be better at it. And then just talking about life, like that's my dream. And I just, I feel like Mark Borvietsky just has like, just, just some skill. So I'm going to give it to Mark Borvietsky. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel yeah. like that. Uh, I don't ever want to see it happen in real life. No, unless there's like a little thing. Um, how about a couple of tall boys, Anne? Mm-hmm. Michael McCarron versus Yakov Trenin. Ooh, that's a good one. You know what's funny is for his size, Yakov Trenin, I don't recall him fighting a lot. I feel like we he, have a bigger sample size for Michael McCarron. There was the one memorable fight for Yakov Trenin where he knocked down Zdeno Chara, like oh. punched him and Chara like woozily stumbled back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, and we have a bigger sample size from Michael McCarron, but I'm not sure that it's as impressive as that moment from Yakov Trenin. Doesn't so I'm going to give it to Trenin. I was going to say, Trenton, doesn't he seem like the guy who's like really quiet and just kind of does his business on the ice, but goes back to Russia and like wrestles a bear in the off season? <laughs> like it seems, yes, yeah, actually, like, he, like it seems like he may like ride into Bridgestone Arena one year on a Kodiak he tamed himself. I, Wear, I was... wearing, a, wearing a festive little hat. I can 100% see that. Yeah, I'm going to give the edge to Yakov Trenin. I yeah. am. All right, how about this one? Just going to throw this one out. This is this is just an absolute out of nowhere. Willie Donick versus Chris Mason. Oh, Chris Mason for sure. Really? Right? I don't know, man. He's, in, he's got the, like, Willie Donick's got the basketball vibe, but yeah. Mason played hockey, right? Here, okay, he was a goaltender. 
And I'm yeah. not saying that's nothing, but it's not like, you know, we've seen Chris Mason mix it up. Here is the hitch and the giddy up for me. Here's where I might give the advantage to Willie Donick. Mm -hmm. I can see Chris Mason being super careful not to jack up his amazing shoes and Willie Donick taking True. advantage of that. Yeah, like he would need a, a break to like take off like the jacket or something like that, like the gold yeah. jacket or something like that. And that's when like Willie Donick just comes like Superman punch at first. Yeah. Superman it's, punch. It's like, it's like in wrestling when it's like the guy is distracted. Yeah. 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 I can, I think that one could be a surprise. Not that Chris Mason isn't scrappy. I think he's scrappy, but I think mm -hmm. taking off the coat, folding it nicely, removing the shoes, setting them aside. I think Chris made, or I think Willie Donna could get a Superman punch in there. Yeah. Here's one. Mm -hmm. John Hines versus Ellie Tolvanen. <laughs> Ta taking, taking the power to take him on or off the roster out of it. If they just like if they went back if they ran into each other backstage at a Seattle Krakens game or let's be honest at this point a Coachella Valley Firebirds game, <laughs> who would have the upper hand? You know what I you know I love Ellie Tolvanen love Ellie Tolvanen but it's difficult for me to uh, to grasp any sort of like overpowering strength due to the mustache. And I'm 100% John Hines has the Mr. Clean vibe. 100% John Hines. I think John Hines is one of those guys who's like secretly super, super tough, but just like keeps it in check. Kind of Hulk. The secret yeah. is he's always angry. He is kind of scary. He is. Like when he's like like in the, the behind the glass where he's just like sitting there in his backyards like like flipping, flipping burgers. burgers for the family and stuff like that and you just see like like it, it feels like there could be like nom flashbacks playing <laughs> on that scene like yeah. it's like you just expect like fortunate son like playing in the background of a scene like that he's got a scary kind of vibe to him like he does. that's why I'm like scared to ask him anything about roster turnover because I'm afraid like I'm gonna ask him about why Cody Glass isn't getting more minutes and then just wake up and see him just like a shiny bald head, like, <laughs> like Goldberg spearing its way through my bedroom window in the middle of the night or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do. I give the, I give the advantage to John Hines. Yeah. Okay. I do. Yeah. I, I, I would agree. I would agree. And here's that. the thing about all of these feats of strength. I don't want to see any of them. Y'all just no. get along. Yeah. Ooh, can I can I throw in one more feats of strength? Of course. Tonight, Nashville Predators versus Colorado Avalanche. Mm. What's the feats of strength? Who wins? This is a tough one because I mean, you're looking at this fight card, and it is pretty evident that the Colorado Avalanche are gonna win this game. But yeah. but the Nashville Predators are that secretly scrappy guy. You know, that secretly scrappy, you just might have said something about my mama. And sure I'm going to, yeah, and I'm going to, that switch is going to flip and you're going to see some things you can't unsee. There's potential for that with Nashville. So, I mean, I hope 
that Nashville can flip that switch and do it in a way that keeps them out of the penalty box and helps them win this game. But if I'm looking straight fight card, it's the avalanche. Maybe this is the, uh, like Mike Tyson, uh, whoever the guy was that he lost his ear. Do what? Oh, no, that was a Vander Holyfield. Yeah. Uh, the first upset, like there's like people I, I don't know. I probably shouldn't pay attention to boxing more. Yeah. Uh, this is Holly Holm over Ronda Rousey. There. This yeah. is Holly Holm over Ronda Rousey. I agree. I think fight card goes in Colorado's favor, but mm-hmm. we've talked about it. Colorado's a little banged up right now. Uh, Nashville is kind of getting some things going over the past two games. And uh, as we mentioned, and we mentioned this in the show, the Predators last game before Christmas always tends mm-hmm. to have a little magic, a little festivist miracle. Like, mm-hmm. like the bagel shop guys turning up to the Festivus dinner. There always yes. seems to be something just memorable that happens during these games. Like either a weird sequence, uh, a absolutely game-stealing performance, or just something historic and memorable. I feel like maybe, maybe this is where the tide turns a little bit. And the Preds played very well against Colorado the last game a week ago. So maybe things line up tonight. I'll tell you what could be a difference maker. Don't underestimate the power of Christmas Eve, 1224, Sarajevo, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, pregame music. And don't also underestimate the ability of John Hines to go flying over that glass to beat up Jared Bender. (laughs) Because as we mentioned... He's a scary guy. He is. He is a scary guy. Well, hey, listen, guys, this is our last show before the Christmas break. We're not going to have a show Monday or Tuesday. Uh, Next week, we'll be back Wednesday with some recap of Pred Stars. So from all of us to all you listening, A, thank you for listening to us uh, all year long. We really appreciate you. Uh, this has been the, at least, you know, in terms of viewership and, and listening, the best year of Locked on Predators. Uh, we like to think that you're fans of ours, right? Hopefully you like what you hear. Uh, we really appreciate all the love we get on social media, all the comments you leave in our YouTube page, all the questions you ask us, all the times you engage with us when we're doing things like hot takes or mailbag or anything like that. So we just want to say thank you. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening to us. We really appreciate you guys indulging us and in some of our rants. Um, whether you agree with us or not, we appreciate you listening every single day. And we really do hope you have uh, a Merry Christmas, a, a happy end of Hanukkah, whatever holiday you celebrate. Thank you so much. And we hope you enjoy it uh, with the people you like to enjoy these things with this year. And for the last time uh, before the break, where can people find your work? You can find my work at insidethepreds.com. And you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at onthefourcheck.com or follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Happy Festivus, everybody. And thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back Wednesday with an all new episode. Happy holidays, everybody.